Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Rude Pedersen's From Brussels to Berlin podcast. Uh, we're coming uh, to you at a very exciting time uh, in German politics, uh, which is right after the decision of the CDU on who their chancellor, who their candidate for chancellor is going to be. And they have settled on uh, Armin Laschet, the uh, Minister President of Nordrhein-Westphalia. Um, in many ways, the safe continuity candidate from Merkel's uh, uh, term. But anyway, let's Hendrik Hagerman, uh, managing partner in the Berlin office. What's your uh, immediate analysis uh, um, and response to the CDU's decision, which was a very, a very long and difficult decision? Yeah. Uh, hello, Simon, and thank you so much. Yeah, I think our timing could not be better. I mean, this, these are these are clearly uh, historic days. Um, all overall, I could be quite complacent because Ruth Peterson and myself, we have we have been flagging and, and, and anticipating that Armin Laschet will in the end uh, uh, decide that race for himself. Um, it does have, and as you rightly said, it has a lot of, in my view, uh, uh, continuity elements. Um, the, the Rhineland, social Catholic, uh, um, pro-workers uh, tradition of the CDU, very much pro-EU, very much in favor of a modern integration. Laschet used to be integration minister, a successful one in Northern Westphalia. Integration and in, integration of immigrants. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all, all of all of that will be will be the impulse, uh, or, or, or will be a. It, so it will be a mixture out of the continuation in some parts of Merkel it, Merkel's policies, and also a a re a re restart or a, a going back to what what has made the CDU this strong party. In the 80s and, and, and 90s, under the under the under the more better Helmut Kohl years, um, saying that obviously we do not know if he if he eventually wins the chancellor chancellor candidacy or the election, but uh, I myself and Ruth Peters in Berlin we are very very sure that in the long run at the in the elections on September 26th the CDU will win, and with the very much likely a very very strong Green Party being the junior partner with a small delta, maybe. I mean, interesting that you say that quite so still categorically. I know that that'd been your view for a while and you're sticking to it. But I mean, uh, if you could just reflect on, it was quite a hard forward race. It was a very tough decision for the CDU to go for Laschet over his rival, Marcus Söder from the CSU. Um, and that also reflected polling numbers and Laschet's own polling numbers, which were, I mean, both, well, both the CDU's uh, party at national level uh, support is down, but also Laschet's own polling numbers are down. So um, he's he's the safety candidate, the continuity candidate, but in a way the CDU is taking a risk with him because Söder's popularity has has gained. So... Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I believe to, I, I'm, I'm a member of the school of thought, which in my view says that uh, Zöder's popularity is just a it's just a matter of momentum because currently Germany is in disarray given that the Corona crisis continues, that there's a lack of vaccination. People are, as in many European countries, just fed up with you know being locked at home and seeing no progress. That 
and our industry and economy actually is parallel faring extremely well. I mean, certain areas of, of, of employment are not go, going well, but these are, you know, we do, do not depend on, on tourism and, 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 and gastronomy so much. That will, and if it will change in September, people being vaccinated, people back out on the streets, just look at the massive effects in the UK or in Israel. I think uh, the, the people will, 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 will very quick forget what has happened uh, in, this, in the dire and sour April, May days. So, and, and, then, and then Söder's appeal to be the strong man, be the decisive leader, in my view, is something there, there the Germans will look more on what is currently, what, what our society, what are the matters of the futures, and a more integrative, a more and more um, team player as a leader, as a chancellor, might be the right person to lead the country. Also, and this is, I think, is an effect which uh, it's maybe for for politi pol political affairs aficionados uh, uh, present, but I want to mention it here, and I will mention it in the in the future. Germany has a two has a two tier system. Half of the members of parliament are elected directly, as 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 in the UK. There, the CDU, pretty much due to the fragmentation of our electorate, has a strategic advantage. The Greens are not. Uh, the Greens might be a contender in the overall outcome, but the Greens are not always the candidate in the constituencies who are rivaling the CDU uh, in in direct contest. There, there, the CDU will probably take more than two-thirds, even 80% of the direct seats in the first round. Then with a good, good, probably not too good result, around 27%, um, at the end, the, the makeup of our parliament, and I know that this is very technical, and we, and we will write something about that, but, um, but that will make sure that the CDU comes out as, a strong, as the strongest force. With, uh, where, where, where nobody can maneuver around that they will be, they take the chancellery. So you say that because there's another aspect of the of the coronavirus crisis that's worth thinking about. There is quite a number of CDU politicians, MPs that have been involved in in sort of um, scandals involving the procurement of, of PPE. A several number. I don't know whether they've resigned or been suspended from the party. Um, that that's affecting the reputation of the CDU, which is, of course, a party that's been in power for uh, a very, very long time. And you do, in general, tend to get this sort of voters fatigue, or I love this German word, Verdrossenheit, um, uh, you, you know, with voters fatigue, um, plus the scandals, which are sort of hitting the CDU um, quite hard. But do you think that that sort of that sort of news will, it sounds like you think that will die down by the time we come to uh, German voters go to the go to the polls uh, towards uh, in the autumn? Again, here, my 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 estimation or my perception is that partly it will obviously have an effect. Parties who will feel the effects are especially the re-engage re, re the Liberals. The Liberals are back. I mean, they, they were close of going out of Parliament. Now they're back on a solid 7 to 10% base. That's good for their monolithic leader. AFD, our, our right-wing party, will, does benefit a little bit from, but they should benefit more. Greens do benefit from it, but at the end of the day, as I said prior also with Corona, 
this the CDU has done a, quite a good job in showing decisive hard le leadership and taking the, as we say in Germany, the Augier stable, the Augier Stahl out. There have not been any further scandals. I mean, only, and, and this is as you have in every election, only if like a massive, only if media knows about a big scandal and in the like one week ahead of the election, some big okay. thing comes out. But but the long tendencies will be also here. Um, voters will forget. Some are already, you know, disengaged. But I think CDU with this kind of 26-27%, which they are right now, has taken is, is low. It may, might go even a little lower, with there might be a small Laschet effect, but then the CDU has a long run, and Laschet is a strong, he's, he's, an, he's a marathon runner. He has, right. People today were already saying that when you defeat Markus Söder in a several-hour staring contest, I mean, nobody knows what they have done on, on Sunday night in the CDU party headquarters. I mean, there was nothing to negotiate. Mm. They were apparently sitting face-to-face, -face and nobody was moving. If you have survived right. that... You can survive a lot of uh, okay. engagements. I, I want to move us. I want to move on in a moment to talk about the uh, um, Alalina Baerbock, the, the leader of the Greens. But before we before we do that, let's not uh, condemn Marcus Zerda to the dustbin of history. Um, okay, he's he he lost the candidate. He lost the candidacy, the chancellor candidacy. But but what was in his favour, um, Hendrik? Why why did he have such a strong showing and support until the very la the very last moment? The thing with Marco Zuda is that he has actually he had he had and he will have one of the most comfortable and perfect uh, uh, situations. It's a win win on all fronts for him. Because he, um, he, this, this being able, he was short of grabbing the chancellery in Ger chancellor candidacy in Germany, just a few, few, you know, meters away. That will surely benefit him in the Bavarian elections next year. Right. He will, right. Be, he will be, he will stay a, a, a power force to be reckoned down in Munich, sniping yeah. or, or or supporting the next government for the next years or even decade. To come, and um, so in that regard, he actually, it actually was he, he he didn't have really something to lose. One thing right. though, one thing though, I think he underestimated is that he that the process he had chosen was a little bit uh, to be to be polite, uh, unknown before, and and if that, I hope that doesn't wreck havoc on the long run for the CDUCs because if that's the case. People might turn against him, but right now, when he goes back to Munich, that's what you expect from a Bavarian leader. The Bavarians are very much should very much appreciate his strong showing here in Berlin. Okay, okay. So let's move on to the Greens now. Um, so Annalena Baerbock, who I think, to be honest, most people outside of Germany uh, didn't really know. I mean, I've I've noticed that the few profiles written in English about her. Uh, there aren't very many. Uh, the New Statesman did one, Politico has done one, but they've the same um, uh, profiles have been um, uh, distributed very widely, which shows that the the thirst for knowledge about 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 her. Um, and I think the other thing as well. So if I can ask you to say a little bit about what you think about her, about her policies and her history, uh, but also a little bit about the process, because that the Greens have this, they you know they have this co-presidency. Um, but their decision-making process to decide who should be the candidate was very seemed very smooth and efficient, and seemed, you know, if you 
you know, you could say a model of the kind of efficient, pragmatic decision making that the CDU has historically been famous for. It was it was a bit of a role reversal. The the, CD, the, the Greens have struggled um, because they're a sort of buzz, you know, a, 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 a party built on on basis democracy on the on the on the on the, on you know d democratic consent of its uh, of, of its party members, but that was the party that managed to be, um, um, excuse me. That was the party that was 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 efficient, and the CDU looked sort of um, indecisive. Anyway, uh, Mrs. Baerbock, what can you tell us about? Yeah, Andrew? I mean, um, coming coming to your first question. And I think this is telling. It's not only that um, in most international uh, media and, and, and also other capitals, nobody really knows anything about her. What should be should be changed very quick. And to all our listeners, very happy to help you all with that one. But that actually, uh, I have to admit, and this is something where Baerbock in, in, in current times, and I think that's quite odd, um, even in Germany, many people don't know anything or much right. about her because and this okay. is interesting in, in days of Instagram and Facebook she's a 40 year old mother her husband by the way is working as a lobbyist for, for a big German company um, she doesn't share she doesn't share any information or pictures of, of him or, or his or her children she has a very 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 controlled narrative about her private life Everything is everything is well said, well done, and, and, and is is that is that unusual in German politics? Because I, I know as well that Germans are not so social media friendly. Lots of Germans are not on Facebook. It's probably unusual in that regard. Um, uh, for I think for a, a Western world leader in 2021, that's quite unusual, okay. especially if she is successful in continuing with this kind of controlled narrative about her. It's very much in line with Angela Merkel's uh, last uh, 16 years. And it might be a trait, and, and you are right, of, of, of it might be a very German trait. I mean, when you look back, when you, uh, but uh, then on the other side, I mean, she's obviously, um, um, and the Green Party is doing, they want to, to, to present her as in line with the successful leaders, prime ministers in Denmark, Finland, New Zealand. I mean, that comparison right. is done all the time. And that actually yeah, will be to a certain point, will be the offer to make in the polling booth. And she's appealing yeah. very much to the urban electorate yeah. and, and, and to, to female voters. And, and it's, it's interesting because I think if, if I was her campaign manager, she can, she can ride two horses. She can present herself as a fresh-faced young woman, but also because you've had Angela Merkel, a very competent, if rather dull, let's be honest, woman leader for 16 years, she's also continuity in, in that the German electorate, I think, might be more ready to accept a female chancellor um, than the, if, if they hadn't, if she hadn't, if it hadn't, if Merkel hadn't been in power for 16 years. But anyway, sorry. No, no, but no, no, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a very, very, very uh, pointy uh, analysis. And that's actually something what also the, 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 the Greens can use in that regard. Um, coming to your, to, your, to your question in regard to this astonishing, and it is astonishing, process um, the Greens have showed, the discipline. Um, that, that, that there was no leakage, that there are, and there are apparently really no rifts 
between her and Mr. Habeck. And the Green, who's, who's the other co-leader? The other, the other co-leader, yeah. which will yeah. now be yeah. Yeah. Not, who will now be successfully act as a wingman for her. And Mr. Habeck is he's very popular with parts of the electorate. Just ask my mother about it, and uh, and he and he will gain votes on 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 other sides. That actually, by the way, will be different also for Mr. Laschet and Mr. Scholz, to to white old men. I mean, they they do not have a. A, a, a female young... Sch Sch Schultz being the SPD exactly. candidate from exactly. the, the Social Democrats. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, uh, um, they, they don't have that. If the Greens continue and the mastermind, the puppet master, and or and I don't this comparison is just you know a little ironic. The Lord Mendelssohn of the Greens, Mr. Kellner, was pretty much the was orchestrating this success. He has been so dis, de, dis, decisive. And it has worked so well until today, which is also, I mean, as in every capital, very, very un, uh, unheard of before. And all of you, all, all of those of you who know the good old 80s and 90s party conventions or early 2000s, the Green Party, you know, with Absolutely, little, yeah. little, little, little naked children running around, you know, people, hippies and so on and, and shouting yeah. at each other and, and like yeah. Chancellor Fisher being attacked when, when they went to Kosovo on the election. Yeah. That 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 if they continue with that uh, discipline and sh that, that, that 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 that's certainly a major and massive part uh, ensuring for them a showing of twenty percent plus X and twenty percent yeah. plus X in Germany means that they will not only be part of the next government and get fringe ministries but they will also take the big chunks they will get either Ministry of Finance. Or Ministry of Interior, they will, and that will actually reflect massively also to Brussels. I think, as I've said in, a, in an earlier take, we, we, we had you know weeks ago. Baerbock herself, sorry, uh, Hendrik, if I'm interrupting, Baerbock herself, um, she's been very closely involved with um, the energy vendor with um, the energy transformation in Germany. Um, I think I read somewhere there was maybe some talk about creating a super economics ministry and and, and merging the, 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 the climate change aspects. Is that 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 would be very attractive to Greens, or is that too obvious? Uh, and actually, they'd be better off controlling the levers at the finance ministry. Well, that 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 would be the uh, that that would be pretty much like the, the the key question. Back in two thousand and nine, when the Liberals had a massive showing, they they missed out on taking the Ministry of Finance at, at the end of and now history. They went they went for the foreign. They ministry, went for the foreign no. ministry, and history yeah, yeah. history repeatedly has. That's pretty much so, because when yeah. you control the German Ministry of Finance, you control not only budgets for Germany, but to to to, to a large part also what's going on in Europe. Without, Absolutely, without yeah. being yeah. Uh, uh, chauvinistic or nationalistic. No, it's true. But it's they, true. but you're, you're very right. right. There there is an appeal for the Greens if they can, if they would mix energy, environment, uh, maybe even parts of agriculture and mobility. I mean, these are mm. the key four pillars. Of their mm. of their decade long success, um, yeah. they certainly want to want to want to want to knit that together. That would be a super ministry which would have a unheard of effect on on European policies way beyond Berlin, but and and, and, and even beyond Brussels. CDU and CSU to a certain part, if they are if they are uh, smart enough, will probably um, prevent that in certain parts. 
but expect expect lots of changes. And, and, and you're right. The old days of the Grand Coalition and the, as we say in Germany, the Zuschnitt, you know, the, the, the distribution of ministries, which has come to a kind of a, a parallel in the last 20 years, uh, will, will, will definitely change uh, uh, in, in Q4 in Berlin. As I said, with massive impacts also on the on the Brussels arena, because I think that's and just one last sentence. Don't underestimate. You have a German CDU uh, pre president of the Commission with Mrs. von der Leyen. Yeah. You have all armed up uh, groups of of very active MEPs from the Green Party and to certain parts from the CDU in Brussels sitting. Yeah, and absolutely. They are just waiting for the kickoff that a new CDU Green government starts in Berlin. And then yeah. and, and and then you see a rotating electric engine, not any more combustion yeah. engine, in this axis yeah. of Brussels to Berlin, as we say today, which will have which will I think move Europe very much. I'm glad that you've brought us back round to Brussels because of course our podcast is called From Brussels to Berlin, but we've we've spent a lot of time in Berlin, but you've brought us back to Brussels. And if I can just add something uh, uh, Annalena Baerbock, she used to be an assistant to a, a German Green MEP called Elisabeth Schröder, who uh, was from East Germany, um, I think came from the sort of the, the, the civic resistance um, uh, movement there. So uh, Baerbock is also somebody who knows, um, as you say, how the levers of power work in Brussels. And, and I'm, I'm sure you're right that um, the combination of the CDU forces uh, and the Greens, and don't forget the Greens are, I think, the third or fourth biggest uh, political group in the European Parliament. They're very effective MEPs. Um, people like Sven Giegold on finance or Claude Turmes, who was now, who uh, is now the Energy Minister of Luxembourg, but was was um, uh, a Green MEP, was very, very uh, influential on, on basically the renewable energy uh, market and the success of renewable energy that um, the, 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 that has happened. Um, I, I, I think you're right. I think there's a real power, uh, real power base in the making. Great. I think we've come to a natural point to uh, wind up our discussions. Hendrik, thank you very, very much for um, your, your extremely valuable insights uh, today. We said before, it's a very interesting year to be following German politics and to see um, how it's going to impact uh, in Brussels. Uh, today's um, the podcast is uh, just the latest instalment in that process, and there will be several more throughout the rest of the year. I'd like to thank all of you out there for listening and uh, to wish you a good day. Thanks all. Bye for now. Thank you, Simon. And thank you to all our listeners and have a great day. Bye.